myself overlooking is this sense of really tuning into the whole culture of the Dhamma as a culture of gifts, giving, offering, being offered. Mm. It always be so easy to make into something one creates, makes, does, produces, achieves, targets, goals. You know, mind kind of slips back to that. Yeah, you know, just walking up and down my meditation path. It's you know just to start walking and recognize there's actually all one has to do is lift a leg and let it come forward touch the ground, you know, and just get into that rhythm. And you can stop any time you like. And uh, how easily the mind kind of picks up some sense of, got to keep this going, got to make this work. Is this going to work? How long should I do this for? Should I be sitting? So I should, how long should I walk for? It's just, uh, and then after a while, I'm, particularly in walking meditation, you get this kind of automatic driving up and down that path. You know, it, suddenly it's became a work project, <laughs> going nowhere. You know, there's something so kind of um, beautiful about walking meditation because it really sets up the whole paradigm. There you are. Walking, acting, you know, that sense of going on, but you're not going anywhere. You should go at the end, you turn around and come back again. You know, it kind of really gives the mind an opportunity to see the whole sense of all our targeting goal. How the mind picks that tune up, goes right into it. And the whole setup is a kind of, uh, almost like a trick. Because there isn't really anywhere to go. All you ever do is move through the space that you're in already. And all you ever are is where you are already. And all there is is just this body moving along. Not even moving along, but experiencing its own energy. You might as well be standing or sitting or lying down. And uh, I find when I'm doing walking meditation, particularly a sense of the next moment's a gift for you. In fact, this moment is a gift. You didn't know what it was going to be. 
you couldn't make it happen. It's just, there you are. What do you want to do with it? There you are. Here's another moment. What would you like to do with that? Yeah. Here's another sense of presence, of being conscious, of being alive. What do you want to make out of that? Do you need to make a thing out of it? Perhaps before you make anything out of it, you should just give yourself the opportunity to receive it. Appreciate it, this mysterious gift. No? And uh, just tuning to how really the there are many kinds of giving that we cultivate. Giving of food, giving of requisites, giving of teachings, giving of time, giving of attention. Of, you know, these kind of offerings. Perhaps the supreme offering is that which gives us back to ourselves. It says, here you are. Here's your life. It's yours. <laughs> it's like something quite wonderful. It's just yours. It's not, there's no duty in it. There's no debt. You're going to pay off. You don't have to make anything out of it. Here you are. And you can, you can do something with it if you want, but that's up to you. What would you like to do? Would you like to make it into hard work? Well, you could do that. <laughs> would you like to be chasing carrots at the end of sticks? You can do that. But what about just maybe kind of enjoying and... Uh, just touching into this kind of whole wellspring of consciousness coming up. A sense of awareness of that. Giving is such a lovely thing in all its aspects, when it's true and it's right and it's... uh, it's coming from that place of, of really, you know, one's own richness, one's own abundance. Mm. Yeah, I was talking with Ajahn uh, Tanutra today, we went out for a, to a, a dana, and we just talked about the experience of going on Tudong, on this uh, long cross-country walks for days, weeks at a time where you just live, turn up in some village with your bowl and see what happens, you know. And how um, beautiful it is that in this country, in this time, which can be so ridden with paranoia and busyness and fear of terrorists and fear of paedophiles and you know, and everybody rushing around trying to get somewhere and make a buck and so forth people can actually stop and open up to just you know, offering you a cheese roll or an apple and feeling real happiness in doing such simple things. That what we so often 
really need in our lives is the chance to feel this, the richness of our own goodness and how sometimes we're deprived of that we don't feel we've got enough to give anything worthwhile we're embarrassed or it's awkward or what do you want back you're trying to do you know? so you know the sense in which this whole Buddha Dharma the Buddha's teaching of Dharma really bases its culture upon this um, this whole samana, renunciant, mendicant, giving, receiving, and basically the whole spirit of renunciation, whereby one one deliberately makes oneself um, vulnerable, open, um, insecure, so that it encourages people to you feel their little bit is helpful. You know, it doesn't have to be fantastic, just their little bit is helpful and that sense of how beautiful it is to feel the richness of one's own goodness. And this goodness is, of course, in the giving and in the making oneself available to, to for that. Sometimes our sense of shyness or... Uh, nervousness or pride doesn't allow us to be given things. I remember when we first came here, we, uh, you know, some people, I think local people did it, came and helped us, you know, gave us some advice on things, and we had all this lots and lots of really nice teas that people have given us. So we thought, well, we'll give them, give back some of this very nice tea we've had, you know. Um, leaf teas. and Unfortunately, it wasn't really the right, quite the right time or the right way to do it because the uh, response was, I can't accept charity. Well, Okay, well, I've been doing it for years, mate. <laughs> There's something sort of shameful about accepting charity, and you see how the, you know, how that that element can be there in in the in this culture, this rather work, deserve, you know, independent, make your own way culture, and. Uh, even though that's got some courage and some nobility in it, how it can also become quite hard and uh, isolationist, and there's a sense of the, the the softness and the openness to be able to receive other people's kindness, and how something, as I'm sure, really feels so happy when we can we can present, you know, something without person feeling embarrassed or you know somehow asked to to give something back in any way or even like us for it and just saying oh, I just want to give you because I like it makes me feel good you know and it's kind of wonderful that this uh, this is something very you know people can just 
immediately get or get quite quickly um, you know sort of all that all this kind of cultural western English stuff can suddenly just open up peel away and then this beautiful sense of uh, um, the tenderness of giving and receiving and sharing and can come through It's good to experience such a culture, you know, to be touched by such a such a culture. But of course, really, it's uh, most important to take the message in. And maybe this whole thing was about uh, being given back to oneself, receiving the Buddha's gift. Mm. giving us being given back yourself it's like how do you know it's been given how do you know that there's that quality of presence of richness how how do you stop coming from poverty where there's always the feeling of not quite enough not quite good enough not as good as it should be not getting what I need and want and from you know once you get into that or you know one stays in that then of course all the statistics and the figures and the history and the attitudes line up with their own, with their own reality, you know. Entrancing. So the meditation, you just start to say, well, okay. If it's really yours, it won't go away, will it? It's like, you know, when you find some lost property somewhere, say, does this belong to anybody? You know, found a bag in the street, does this belong to anybody? Somebody says, yeah, it's mine, take it away, fine, okay, it's yours. And nobody comes to take it away. Oh, it must be mine, I guess. Nobody else wants it. Well, you look at what everything is, you know, and you look at what sensations do. They don't last. They kind of thoughts suddenly come running in. They just pop away, disappear as soon as they've arisen. You really consider the whole quality of it, that which is changeable and variable feelings and uh, topics and themes that one can go through how in meditation your mind can just kind of boil up with a whole kind of storm of, of issues and themes and da 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 and then, you know, it really feels very real and dense 
and uh, you know, you kind of just even try writing it down. It shouldn't be this way. I'll never get enough of it. Look at it a day later, think, "Phew, well, who was that?" You know, <laughs> where did he go? And it can come back again, of course. But sometimes you actually got to, you know, really make that quality, that sense of impermanence, very clear in a very obvious way, because in the the whole sort of storm of it is so emotionally so resonant and captures us. But then you notice even that even the emotional resonances where where do they you know how they they go. What are you left with? And meditation is really trying to fine-tune one's sensitivity to appreciate and enjoy what one is left with to the uh, uncultivated there is a cultivation to be done it's not really about accumulating a lot of stuff or adorning the mind but really getting sensitive enough to tune in to what's left when the thoughts pass, what's left when the activities pass, what's left when the happiness and the grief pass, what's left when the busyness and the whatever passes, what's left, you know? Because there is a cultivation there, it's just tuning in, trusting it, trying to develop a taste for that. To the uncultivated mind, it's it's a source of terror. What happens when the music stops? Oh, you know, put, put something else on it. It's going nuts, you know. It's like the mind is only used to riding on top of some vehicle of thought or emotion or projects or future or possibilities, and suddenly you knock that away. The the vehicle away and the mind is just, you know, panic. So it's certainly, there is a cultivation to be done. Mm -hmm. Cultivation to be done. But it's not really about adding anything, it's just about giving the sense that, you know, that which gives one the confidence, and the tuning in. You know, the Buddha talked about it in a, in a variety of ways. On one level, if you like, on the more mundane or obvious level, he says it's a mixture of uh, developing kindness, developing um, virtue, developing renunciation. In the mixture of that, you get the sense of the the warm-heartedness towards yourself, 
towards others. You dwell in a culture of warm-heartedness, of generosity of heart, of inclining towards, you know, congratulating, appreciating. You develop the sense of, of, of virtue which gives you um, dignity, you know, which gives you self-respect. You don't, when one doesn't cultivate or acknowledge one's virtue, even if you cultivate it, you don't acknowledge it, then one doesn't really bear the fruit of self-respect, get the fruit of real self-respect, that you're reliable, that you're a worthy person, that you're someone who people can call upon and get some truth and not be deceived. I think this is, this is really... Give yourself back, give that back, you know. And renunciation, which means you, you just put aside what is, is really unnecessary so that you, you don't get uh, blurred. You can really see the goodness because you're not adorning or, or having so many other things on your mind, you don't have the chance to tune into it. So renunciation is anything but a kind of... Uh, asceticism, it's actually like an un, an undressing or a clearing away, it's like cleaning out the uh, spring cleaning cleaning out the mind, cleaning the colon of the mind from this kind of impacted fecal matter of old memories and <laughs> anchorings and stuff that just clogs up your sensitivity grunt you know just clean it out it doesn't need that cravings and you know. and it goes they, all the three come together don't they because in a way the, the renunciation becomes possible when one has the sense of self-respect and the sense of um, loving kindness oneself and others no, it, it becomes possible. And at, on a subtler level, perhaps, you know, there's this another coming together which is bringing the energies of the thinking mind and the energies of the heart and the energies of the body, just bringing them together. I guess for most of us, certainly for myself, it's a pretty common pattern for the thinking mind to be running way ahead, you know, a higher, much higher gear than the body, you know, actually just running out of the body all the time. And uh, there's this sense of asking, where, you know, just bringing it back, where are you now, where are you now? How are you now? I'd like to know you. <laughs> just the, in, in this simplicity of, of just the just the body, you know, it doesn't have to be fabulous. It's just the you know just bring bringing it back to that because it's not as if the body itself is so wonderful, but the sense of harmony when the mind stays in the body, the sense of at homeness and restedness. Now this is this is really wonderful. Yeah.
and to recognize that again one of these ironies the most uh, beautiful gift is to come back to what we already have because then there isn't the hunger and the chasing horizons and strategizing in some ways extraordinarily simple and it's the training the the energies of the mind to come back to this simplicity which is both immensely intimate and personal but also strangely anonymous because it's got no personality to it it's deeper than that Mm. it's kind of what we when we say you know the if you have to say really what all meditations in certainly in the Buddha's cultivation are going to be about they're going to be about really bringing this mind back home somewhere or another mindfulness of breathing mindfulness of the body reflection, recollection um, tuning in it's always about this coming back coming home Um, and when we find that uh, settledness then uh, the beauty of the very ordinary is there is a, a sense of stillness and clarity and spaciousness and all those really aren't enough because it's what you always wanted it's what I always wanted I didn't even could, didn't even know I really wanted it until you, you find that this is peaceful this is satisfying this was what my mind couldn't conceive of so I was conceiving of you know something out there something else something you know looking for it here looking there because I couldn't get an idea around what this was then when you come back to it you just feel oh this is peaceful this is satisfying this is what I wanted and it was always here so this sense of how um, the cultivations really have to be the very sense of cultivation has to be understood quite carefully you know in that we're really not creating anything we're using systems to return and unwrap the gift Mm -hmm. anyone